0: This is why you come to the sound man and you go and see him before the service so that he can get it all sorted out. And I'll keep talking until he's got it all fine and he gives me the thumbs up. How are we going? Now, I don't spit, so you can come down closer if you like. Um, For something a little bit different... We're not going to have the Bible reading straight up. Good on you, Grant. Thank you. I knew I could trust in you. Let's just pray first. Lord, I just pray that um, as I speak, that you would speak through me. Um, Lord, that you would get the glory that it wouldn't be about me and my words, but Lord, that it would be about your word. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would teach us and, and speak to each one of us tonight. In your name. Amen. Now, we will read the Bible, don't stress. Um, But firstly, I want you to try and picture something. I want you to try and... I don't know, you, you might need to close your eyes, you might need to picture this in your head. I want you to picture yourself in regards to your circumstances right now. Picture yourself as to how you would see um yourself standing in a field or or a paddock as we like to call it and depending on your circumstances whether you're having a rough time with life right now the the paddock the field might look a little bit you know bare um a little bit weed weedy and and the, the, the clouds might be over the, shi- over the sun. But if you're in a particularly good part of life at the moment, the, the field might have, you know, a nice bit of grass. The sun might just be shining through the clouds. And, and um, there's nice animals around, bunny rabbits and all of that sort of stuff, you know. Depending on your particular circumstance, I want you to try and picture that. And and look in front of you. In front of you is this big fence. It's about six, seven foot tall. And on the other side of the fence, you can see that there's... Yeah, about as tall as Nathan <laughs> or Grant. On the other side of the fence, you can see that there's lush vegetation. Um, you can see that the sun is shining... There's there's peace, there's happiness, there's joy. You, you know that God is there, but because it's six or seven foot tall, you can only see a glimpse of it. You can only get a little bit of a, an idea of what's on the other side of the fence. Now turn around. Turn around. Where you're where you're standing now is, is regarding your particular circumstances right now, but look back behind you. There's a paddock. Or a field with with weeds, with lots of weeds, with animals dying, poor little bunny rabbits. And it's tough, it can be tough right now where you are, but it's not as tough as where you once were. Are you picturing that? The the time that I'm talking about here is is before before you're a Christian, okay? The time that I'm talking about ahead of you there is, is what's, what's to come, the glory that is to be revealed to us when Jesus comes back. So turn your imaginary self around, look at this fence. It's, it's gradually moving slowly and slowly toward you, or you're moving toward it. And one day you'll know that you'll be on the other side of that fence. You'll know that you'll be where there's no death. The sun is shining. There's peace. There's happiness. There's joy. But in the meantime, you're right here in this paddock with with things not as good as you can see them to be. Not as good as... And it's sort of like a, an almost a limbo experience. And in chapter 8, where we find ourselves tonight, is what Paul kind of explains. He's, he's explaining this in a, a sort of tangible sort of way. And he also outlines the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. So, before for much further ado, let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Verses 18 through to 30. And I'm going to read 18 to 25 first off. Romans chapter 8, 18. And the lights are on so that you can read your Bible. Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. who are the first fruits of the Spirit? We groan inwardly as we wait for, wait eagerly for the do- Pause. Take a deep breath. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So, we're continuing this series through Romans. And one of my favourite words that makes me sound really smart is recapitulation. That's just going back over what you've learnt. From the previous chapters, Paul's explained... How we are no longer slaves to sin in Chapter six, um, and, and from this, I must clear up something that I said. You might remember me saying in when we uh, when we went through um, Chapter six a couple of weeks ago, you might remember me saying that it is possible to be sinless in this life, and what I really want to try and communicate and what I was trying to communicate then was that it is really possible to strive towards sinlessness. There's, there's times when we're going to be struggling with sin and, and temptation but, um, but there will never be a time until Jesus comes back when we're completely sinless. So I just wanted to clear that up. On the other hand, we should be striving continuously towards holiness and godliness. So, we talked about freedom from slavery to sin in chapter 6. In the last half of Romans 7, Paul outlines the continual struggle between the flesh and the, the and living in the spirit. And... And Paul says a number of times he he longs to do the things that God wants him to do, but the flesh is there battling away with him. So now in Romans 8, he says that there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That's verse 1. That's the best. There's no condemnation, no judgment for those in Christ Jesus. No, no final bad judgment. But he goes further than that and he says, not only are we free from, from God's judgment if we continue to live in the Spirit, but we were, we are heirs with Christ. Set to, to be sons and daughters of the God Most High and inherit the exact same things that Jesus has inherited. That's a pretty cool part of the chapter, isn't it? And now what Paul is talking about here, the glory to be revealed in us in in 18 to 25, is is what he's talking about, this inheritance that, that, that God has for us. Paul's explaining the things that he hopes for. He hopes for adoption as sons and glory to be revealed in us. And it's not just Paul waiting and longing, the, longing for these things, but it's the entire earth. The entire earth is, is waiting and groaning inwardly and, and saying, come on, God, we, we want you, we, we need you. But in the first verse, verse 18 that we read, he says that, that the things of this life are not even worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed. Now Grant, I'm, I'm glad you sat down the front. Can I have some audience participation and you're my willing volunteer? Yes. Yeah, yeah, come up here. Come up here. I have two things in my hand. First of all, you can tell I, I don't use this as much as I should. I want you to take that. Tell me, is it heavy? Roughly? heavy Heavyish. Heavy-ish, yeah. Okay, other hand? That's a, <laughs> that's a dirty ibis feather. Thank you. You know, those birds that <laughs> hang around the dump all the time. I'm gonna have to wash my hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably the weight's the dirtier thing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell me which one is, um, the heaviest. This one. Obviously the heavier thing. So, so if you were in a competition to find something that was heavy, would you compare these two things? Probably not. Would you, would you enter, if you had this in your hand, would you enter the feather into the competition for a heavy thing? No. No. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even consider this for a minute in a, a weighty competition. Thank you. So so it's the same with, with what Paul's saying. He he doesn't even compare the things that are happening now with the things that are to come. These things are so insignificant now in comparison to the glory of God, that they're, they're not even worth comparing. There's feathers flying around now. He's saying that, that not only is eternity, or the glory that is to be revealed in us, far more weightier than any of the sufferings that we are experiencing now. but He's saying that they're, they're not even worth bothering with, in comparison. He says that the present and visible things are able to be understood in light of the things to come that are not visible. Not only can the the present and visible things be understood in light of what's to come, but it can be endured in what's to come, in light of what's to come. So Paul's speaking from an, an eternal perspective. He's, he's not just living in the here and now. He's, he's living with this, this glory that is to be revealed for front and center. It's, it's that's what he's looking forward to. He's not looking down at his shoelaces. He's looking up. He's looking towards God. And I think that, that we need as, need to be as, as Christians, we need to be marked with this same kind of eternal perspective, don't we? This same kind of, of eternal perspective that, that makes our sufferings now, these, these rough times that we have now, just not even worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed in us. Sounds easy, doesn't it? It sounds easy, but it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to, to just keep focused on, because these things just keep tearing you down bringing you down making it hard this life is hard I know it is listen to the language that Paul uses here, these are not pretty little words groaning and and the, the creation groans with eager eagerness and yet he uses the word patience we wait for it with patience. Paul's saying that that there's a, a severe anticipation, a, a massive anticipation of the eagerness that he has for this glory to be revealed in us, and yet he says, "We wait for it with patience, God." It's all in your timing, God, because we know that you are sovereign. I want you to think about the things that you've looked forward to in your life. Think back over the, the last couple of, a number of years. Some of you, it might be finishing school. Some of you, that's closer than others. Some of you, it might be uh, getting married. Some of you, it might be getting a better job. Or getting a job. I know that, that over my lifetime I've, I've waited for and, and anticipated a number of things. Finishing school, getting a job, getting married, having children. And I've waited for these things with eagerness. Particularly getting married, I, I thought that getting married would, would fulfil my life. Having a beautiful wife would just make, it, make life all hunky-dory. Well, I'm afraid that, no, it doesn't work. Married life is hard work. <laughs> Linda's not here to slap you, Peter. <laughs> married life is hard work. I, I anticipated it and it is good. It is great. But it doesn't make me happy one hundred percent of the time. Because my wife can't fulfil me completely. Only Jesus can do that, looking forward. We we talked about Steve talked about last week about the spirit's role in our life. And I'm I'm gonna and there's a possibility that I might repeat some of his stuff, but a spirit has a huge role in our life, the Holy Spirit. Verses 26 and 27, have a look at them with me. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings far too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I find great encouragement in those words. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We've already talked about having weaknesses and and rough times, tough times. We all have them. Paul uses the word struggles with the flesh. Other things that we can... Can struggle with uh, uh, knowing that we're saved or, or struggling in a, and suffering in a, in a health sort of way or an emotional sort of way. Paul's, Paul now says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, He intercedes for us. That is, He, he stands in between us and God and intervenes on our behalf. The reason I find great encouragement in these words is because not only has God's Son been given to us as a sacrifice on our behalf, but now it says that the Spirit of God stands in between us and God and intervenes on our behalf as well. I just find that mind-blowing, that God is so gracious. He gives us His Son, He gives us His Spirit, He just pours out blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And then there's the struggle that we have with temptation. The Spirit helps us in in that when we struggle with temptation, he's always there urging us not to give in. Some people call it their conscience, but I believe that God whispers in our ear. I believe that God whispers in our ear and says don't do that, don't give in to that there's a better way, there's a a better way, it's my way I want to encourage you to listen to God's spirit in your ear even when when we struggle with temptation and, and we're feeling like we're at rock bottom the spirit is there to intercede for us intervening on our behalf, even when we don't realise it or, or we don't recognise that God is working in our life. The Spirit is there interceding for us. As I said earlier, another struggle that we can have is, is knowing that we're saved, knowing that we're a child of God. Well, the Spirit is, is the mark or the seal that God puts on us as his children, God gives us His spirit to intercede for us, but also to to mark us as his children in the the likes of the sixteenth and seventeenth century, when a king um, wrote a letter or a decree, he made a decree he he would pour wax over the over the edge of the seal, uh, edge of the envelope, and and seal it with a ring or a stamp or something like that. That the, the people who were reading this letter knew it was from him. Do you, do you see the, the the similarities here? The seal that the king puts on the envelope to to mark a decree, so that the people who were receiving that decree would know it was from him is the same kind of thing with with God the king who gives us his spirit the seal so that we would know that we are God's children he's put his seal on us to guarantee us that the things that he says are true Second Corinthians verse one, uh, chapter one verse twenty one and twenty two says And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ, and has anointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our in our hearts as a guarantee. That word guarantee there is like a, a down payment or a deposit. It's a seal. And and it marks us as God's children. So not only has God bought us with the blood of Jesus Christ, he has marked us with the seal of the Holy Spirit. I find that encouraging as well. I'm going to tell you that I find a lot of things encouraging tonight. But God piles up blessing upon blessing upon blessing when we didn't deserve it. And this week for homework, no, you don't have to come back with me with it signed from your mother, Um, I want you to read the letter of 1 John. I want you to read the letter of 1 John and and have a a really good look at how many times John says a couple of different words uh, the same sort of way. He says, And by this we know... By this you will know. Have a look at those words in the letter of 1 John. He says it five, six, maybe seven times. It is a letter of encouragement to those reading it because they were struggling with knowing whether or not they were saved because people were going around and telling them, no, this Christianity thing, it's it's the Jews who are the, the right people. But that, that gives us an, an encouragement. By this we will know. Not by this we will have some sort of understanding. No, that we will know 100% for sure that we are children of God. The Spirit is also our teacher. When we don't understand a passage from the Bible or or when we, we listen to something that, that may not... Um, may not be able to be comprehended. The Spirit helps us to understand it. John fourteen twenty six. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all these things, all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. He will teach you all things, and help us to remember all the things that Jesus has said. Now, for us to remember these things, it means that we've known them from the start or that known, we've known them from, from at one point. So you've got to know something before you can remember it. So, But the Spirit helps us and, and teaches us to understand different passages. I don't know about you, but have you ever read a passage of the Bible and and gone, mm, I don't understand that, and you've, you've moved on or you've just not even seen the glory that is within that passage. But then years later or months later, you've come back to that same passage and you've seen something that you've never seen before. That's the Spirit's work. That's the Spirit teaching you and guiding you to things that 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 we haven't seen before. We've looked at the role of the Holy Spirit. But when it comes to the times of of suffering, of hard times like what we're in now, what we might be in now, what's the purpose of these sufferings? What's the purpose of, of enduring these times with patience? While looking forward to God, why doesn't God just grab us, take us away the moment we're saved? Why doesn't He just make it that easy? Well, let's read from verse 28 to 30. Verse 28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The purpose of enduring hard times... The purpose of, of not even comparing these things to the glory that is to be revealed to us is so that we can be giving God the glory through changing our lives. The purpose, and it says it there, the purpose of it is in verse 29. For those whom he pre- foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You see, going through rough times and going through hard times makes us more and more like Christ. That is the purpose of enduring these sufferings. And it's also to give us an eternal mindset similar to Jesus. Jesus was able to endure the cross because he knew the good things that were on the other side of that. Turn over with me, if you will, to to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. Verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So friends, we can endure these light and momentary afflictions the feather and the weight. The feather is now, the weight is eternal. These light and momentary afflictions are able to be endured because we know that we are being changed to be more and more like Jesus Christ. And we know that we look forward to being in God's presence. But in the meantime, in the meantime, as children of God and as heirs with Christ, we are able to endure rough times because of God's Spirit within us. God just doesn't give us a sidekick like, like some of the superheroes have. He doesn't just give us a sidekick to walk along beside us, but He gives us His Spirit that indwells within us, lives within us. And it's for the sake of maturing us, of, of growing us in our faith and making us more and more like Christ Jesus that we endure these tough, tough, tough times. I want you to be assured tonight that these tough times that you're experiencing right now are nothing in comparison to what the glory of God is going to be like. We have an opportunity in a second and if the the stewards would come forward, we're going to come around the the communion table. And this is an opportunity for us to remember the way that God has, has broken into history and changed our lives forever. He has broken into history and made us a way for us to be in his presence. He has made us able to be in his presence. And, and not only that, he's given us his spirit so that we may be able to be more and more like Jesus every day. As you um, receive the, the bread and the, the juice, remember that it's an opportunity to remember that sacrifice and to be able to thank God for the spirit that he gives us as well.